0: Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Allie Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall.
1: Hi, Allie. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? It, good. You know, it's hard for me not to do that to everybody now because, like, I just have that songiness in my head and it makes me so happy when I say that to you that, like, I'm always, like, in meetings. I'm like, you know... Hi Sarah. Hi
0: Joe. Like yeah. I love it. It's a delightful way to to start listening. I'm sure our listeners uh, appreciate it
1: <laughs> having someone I sing to them so. in a beautiful little so. voice. Well, there you go, right? Like I mean, it's uplifting, right? No matter how the hard top hard hitting our topics can be, we're happy about it. So it's all good. <laughs> I wanted to talk to today a little bit about how things have changed in hiring. Um and I, I want to, you know, focus specifically on tech. I think it's true that things have changed across the board, but I can't speak for every, you know, every um, industry. As certainly not things that are, uh, you know, like nursing, for example. Like I, there's different things. I don't know how to hire a nurse. I don't know what that looks like. But in in tech and in what we do in marketing and tech things like that, I think that there are things that used to be red flags, right mm-hmm. on on um, cover letters and on applications and on uh, resumes that are no longer, or should no longer be red flags. I think that there are things that we've had traditionally in place in hiring processes that don't need to be the way they are anymore. And I think that there are questions that we sometimes ask. First of all, there's definitely questions that are in the United States anyway, I don't know if you're listening in other countries, but in the United States anyway, are illegal to ask, still get asked anyway, because if you want the job, who's going to not answer questions? Um, and they know that, or they ask without knowing what the rules are or laws are. And that, they, we have, that there's still questions sometimes that are asked that are none of your business, even if it's not <laughs> illegal, right? So I thought we could talk a little bit about some of that in hopes of um, helping people who are in a hiring situation, do a better job at getting good candidates in. Number one, by disregarding things they don't need to pay attention to. And number two, making their process better so that they're not inconveniencing and, and roadblocking themselves on good candidates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this will this will be a primary Michelle episode. And I'll I'll sit here and be cute and listen to that. Because I've I've only had to hire once there was one instance mm-hmm. where I was on a team where I had the opportunity to hire and I just I did my best. I ha- I ended up hiring an amazing person, but I don't have nearly as much experience with that level of stuff as you do. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm super excited to learn.
1: Uh, well, let's start with some things that used to be red flags for me and I'm going to start this off by saying I have grown so much. I I just had a birthday. I'm 54 years old now. I am not the person that was hired. Happy people birthday, in late Michelle.
0: We you, never said you. that on the podcast, by the way. Happy birthday, Michelle.
1: Happy birthday, Michelle. <laughs> Happy
0: you. birthday, Michelle. Okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> but in 30 years of, uh, you know, well, maybe not quite 30, 25 years of hiring people over time. Um, I've grown, right? And the industry has changed, and the industry I was in versus the industry I'm in now has changed. And so I, you know, and everybody starting out in those positions makes mistakes. So I, I am a person, a human who has made mistakes over their life. And I've made that very clear. Um, and I have grown and and hopefully I'm a better person today than I was, uh, you know, yesterday, much less 25 years ago. So I'll just get that out of the way, but to begin with, but some of the things that used to be real red flags was let's say language, right? So, um, improper use of English language I'm using quotation marks you all can't see that because you're just listening but the English language if you're hiring a writer that might be a different situation right but I'm talk, ta- I'm not talking about specifics like specifically you're writing my blog and you don't understand how English syntax works because it's not your first language that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about why should it matter if I'm hiring a developer, for example, or I'm hiring a graphic artist, for example, that they might not have their English perfect in a cover letter or in their, you know, in in their application. So I'm struggling to think of a for example. But let's say even that they spell words differently in their version of English, right? So like British English is very different than American English. Um, And you might put uh, O-U-R instead of just O-R in the way that things like color, for example. Um, And so should that disqualify somebody from a job? I used to say, maybe not the British part, right? But if somebody didn't, like if I could tell that English wasn't their first language and they weren't gonna write properly, take that with a grain of salt, the word properly, because I'm talking about 25 years ago, that they would automatically be disqualified. Their their cover letter was not um, attention to detail enough for hiring back when I worked in academia. The truth of the matter is, if somebody's second language is is what they're writing in, and that's not germane to the job they're going to be doing, why does it matter? I would argue it doesn't. Right? So and not Ali's nodding. She's going got. she's sorry. She, she's I muted, muted. myself. i like, like, come on, chime in, Ali. No. I'm so sorry. I
0: muted myself so that I wouldn't make any noise and interrupt you. But yes, I'm nodding. Okay. And yes, yes, I totally agree with you.
1: Absolutely. And and there's questions that we used to ask. Uh, so just to kind of put out there, the questions you cannot ask uh, legally in the United States are, you know, what is, what is your uh, marital status? Uh, do you have children? Do you plan to have children? Um, you know, what is your health? Do you have any disabilities? Like, those are not questions that you can ask um, in an application. Those are not questions you can ask in an interview. Those, um, those will get you in trouble with the labor board wherever you live there's always been ways around that right there's things around that there's ways that you can um ask questions that don't that are kind of skirt the issue a little bit you know those kinds of things and I it does those things shouldn't be asked either quite honestly like if if you ask somebody so Allie are you planning to have children like what does that what am I really asking I'm asking so are there going to be major outages in the next few years while you're working Mm -hmm. for me It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there are, because it's illegal to ask that. And Allie could, I hope this never happens, but Allie could like get hit by a bus next week and be out for a month anyway. Well, she's having her leg fixed. I don't know. Um, So whether or not she goes out for maternity leave versus she's out for an extended illness or a spousal illness or parental, whatever it is, we have things now built into our work system to be able to cover and help with those things the um, family medical leave act for example um, is one of those things so we need to be really cautious about what we're looking at when we're hiring and i would argue the only thing we need to look at is attitude because we want somebody who fits right we're looking for fit and ability can they do the job you're asking them skills that's right so are they able to if, if you're asking for a blog writer, are they able to write? Can I have, see a writing sample? Can I see the work that you've done and know that it's the style and the ability fits in with what we need? If you're a developer, I want to see some examples of your programming, right? Those yeah. are the things that matter, not like, oh, and do you have children?
0: And I feel like, you know, if, so say, uh, say it's what March. Right. Mm -hmm. And you are hiring a marketing manager and you know that the holidays is your most busiest season and you can't have anyone out during the holidays. And so you're thinking, well, I don't want you getting pregnant and then being out nine months from now during the holiday. I feel like isn't isn't it more appropriate for you to put like in the um, like job description like here are the times of year or here here are the times in in the coming future where you would have to be available if you take this job so then that way if maybe that person is family planning right then they would be able to Mm -hmm. account for that without having to be asked like is that more that seems more helpful rather than putting the person on the spot and asking them personal questions
1: Right. And, and, but also like, even if they are family planning and that is when your busy season is, they might not be family planning and they might get pregnant anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you just, you you can give as much information as possible. That's not going to stop somebody from applying for a job they want. And it's not going to stop circumstances from happening after you've hired somebody. So basically I'm still just saying, you got to hire people based on their skill sets and their fit for the organization. Um, Are the personalities going to work well together? You know, are you hiring for synergy or are you hiring because somebody fits your calendar year? It's so important to really just think about the right things. And, you know, I was telling you a little bit before, is it always necessary to have an interview? Some people who are neurodivergent, some people who have huge anxiety disorders and things like that, for them, the interview is the most difficult part of a process. They may be the most amazing person and fit in the company and have skills out the wazoo. I don't know what a wazoo is, but they might (laughs) have skills that go right out there wazoo. And at that point, they are so in the throes of anxiety, that they interview poorly. Hmm. If this person isn't in a position where they have to interface with others often, interview other people, put in high anxiety screen times with other people, is it important to have a face-to-face interview? Could you do it asynchronously? Hmm. I'm just putting ideas out there because if, if it's not germane to the job, then why are we... Qu- forcing people to do things that are necessary that are not necessary and that are probably could be even be problematic the other have, thing go ahead I was gonna say I have two
0: that I thought of um uh-huh. that I wanted to throw in really quickly so in a recent episode that I did of this podcast with accessibility expert Amber Hines she talked mm-hmm. about um she or she provided an anecdote about somebody who was blind and they were given as part of an interview, um, like, I guess a, a coding e- exercise to do as a part of their interview. Mm-hmm. And the code was not accessible to them.
1: Oh, so they couldn't
0: even access what they needed to do. Like, it wasn't that they couldn't do the exercise. They couldn't see it.
1: <laughs> right, you know, for, exactly. for lack
0: of a better word, they couldn't see it. And like, yeah. that was a huge thing and so like you know if you're giving somebody uh, i mean that we could do a whole episode on you know the practice mm-hmm. of making people code for interviews but like if you're doing that and you're doing it in a way that is preventative toward their success yeah, yeah it's gonna seem like a red flag that they're like well i can't do this or mm-hmm. that they do it poorly or incorrectly because you didn't you know there's or are that. you
1: just suck are you just sucky at providing tasks in your interviews <laughs> yeah
0: which means you'd be suck at providing tasks within the company but that's you know whatever um exactly. the other thing completely separate mm-hmm. to that something that i knew of as a red flag for a very long time that has recently become okay to most people is hair right mm-hmm. the idea that and I don't want to just say black because there are people of color. I'll say people of the hair of people of color in its natural state. So it's not chemically mm-hmm. processed. It's not covered by a wig or braids or anything. Um, for such a long time was seen as unprofessional and was a mm-hmm. red flag to people in an interview of like, well, you don't look professional, right? You didn't mm-hmm. you didn't you don't present yourself well for the interview. And so that has an effect on things. Um, that yeah. absolutely needs to get thrown out of the window.
1: Absolutely,
0: for um, sure. My hair grew out of my head the way that it grew, and that should be enough for you. It doesn't. My hair <laughs> does not affect my ability to do a job. Um, That's right. Also, I saw an article yesterday that was like talking about how a lot of hair relaxers have been linked to ovarian cancer.
1: Oh, uh, so let's not even go. And for like cause... sixty years, as <laughs> a woman, like, you people... couldn't. Mm -hmm. You couldn't
0: even get hired if your hair wasn't relaxed. You couldn't go into the army if your hair was not relaxed. Yeah, it's terrible. Hello. So I I think, you know, I think there's something to be said definitely for if you go to an interview, you Mm -hmm. dress a certain type of way. You try to look Mm -hmm. your absolute best in terms of your appearance. But I think that there's definitely people who take it too seriously to where it's like, oh, you have a hair out of place or you wore jeans and that's inappropriate. And so that's going to get thrown out. Um, mm-hmm. So the overall yeah. thing is I'm saying for this one is kind of physical appearance when it comes yes. to people who don't look like you.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's it's It has no bearing in how somebody does their job. And then the last thing I would mention um, is something that used to be kind of a, Unwritten requirement was that resumes had to be kept to one page, and I th- I think the history I haven't done any research on this, so I'm going anecdotally here. I think the history on that was um, when I was growing up, you actually had to go to a printer and have your resumes printed because the internet did not exist, computers did not exist. Like you ha- had a professional person type up your resume, and then you had a hundred copies made at a printer on nice paper, and so people didn't want a stack of of papers delivered to them. You were worried that you didn't want to staple them. But if it ended up in a stack and they were separated, like what would happen? Um, You didn't print front and back because that wasn't a thing unless you were printing a book. Like there's so much history in, in what a resume is. But nowadays, I would much rather get three pages of somebody's work and involvement and anything that's really important to understand their body of work and how they would be able to do the job then have one page poorly identified things that they've done and so like i actually have a cv that i i mean i've never not had my resume updated right i'm not If if you're at Liquid Web and you're listening to this, I'm not putting my resume out there, Mm -hmm. but I'm not stupid. I I, I don't want to forget things, you know, someday as I may move forward or whatever. And so I've always, from day one, kept the resume updated. I now have a CV that's about six pages long because of all of the research I've done, um, my academic career, all of the speaking that I do, all the things that I do in my career, all the different projects that I have on the side. I could never fit that into one page and explain exactly who Michelle is working in your environment. And that's OK, because if I'm applying for a job that wants Michelle, for who I am and the work that I do, they want to see that. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it, it's OK to have a resume or a CV, curriculum vitae, that is longer than one page. And actually, oftentimes now it's welcome. And there's a question about cover letters. A lot of the times people don't even I. I hated cover letters when I was in a hiring position. It's like, yeah, I know you want to do the job here. You're going to blow sunshine up my skirt. I don't care. I just want to see the work that you do. Yeah. The cover, If the cover letter doesn't add to the body of work that you've already talked about in your resume, I don't care. Don't even bother. Um, yeah. Although some places still require it. So you really kind of have to have something ready. But
0: Yeah. And, also the and then the last the, thing that, oh, sorry. I wanted to just Go add ahead. to the, the long mm-hmm. resume thing. I feel like it was also an assumption, you know, you know, decades ago or whatever, however long ago, that if you've had like more than one or two jobs, then like something's wrong Mm -hmm. with you. Like, why are you hopping around so much? You should have one job and stick with it your whole life sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for another job, they just want to, they expect to see like maybe one or two other positions and whatever. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I mean, I'm 30. I've worked in six different if i if i had to present someone with a resume Mm -hmm. right now there'd probably be six different places of employment already at 30 plus all the other you know this and all the other stuff that i do right so yeah Yeah. my resume needs to physically be longer to account for all of that and i should not be punished Mm -hmm. for having a rich and varied history because that's now how the 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 I think the workforce works as it's more normal mm-hmm. to spend a couple of years here, a couple of years there and, and move around and move up and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would hate to think that, okay, well, I can only have it one page. So I have to edit myself and make myself seem smaller mm-hmm. to fit in this space that's been mm-hmm. designed for me.
1: And the the other thing is not require we've talked about this before, not requiring a photograph um or a date of birth that's when a somebody huge applies. One. Right. And, and I would and I've always applied places in, the, in my past, always applied. Sounds really weird. I have applied places in my youth specifically that would have you check off a box, whether you were male or female. I don't see how that's relevant. Um, maybe it's important that you have something like that in your intake paperwork for hiring. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, but maybe for like health insurance reasons or something like that, whatever. Um, I'm not an HR person, Mm -hmm. but it is absolutely not necessary in your application. Um, And I do want to acknowledge that there's a lot of research that says if your resume, um, if I can tell by your resume, not I, but the generic I Mm -hmm. can tell by your resume that you are somebody from the BIPOC community, you're probably automatically being discounted anyway. So if your name sounds ethnic, if I could see a face that's not a white face, um, research just shows that automatically I'm discounting it as being less um, educated or less intelligent. And that's just complete and utter bullshit. But I do wanna acknowledge the fact that when people are asking for that information, they're already biasing regardless of what your name is. And so it's, it's an uphill battlefield anyway in a lot of respects. Um, let's not make it even more difficult for people who are applying to work for you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, there was one other one as you were talking that I thought to ask like is that oh, college. Do you think that that is something that cuz you know, nowadays college is not nearly as, not to say as important, but like Mm -hmm. you can do a lot more professionally without a college Mm -hmm. education, right? Like the -hmm. the internet and resources and self-teaching and boot camps and all that stuff. Um, Do you feel like not having a college on a resume is still a red flag for some people?
1: I think it depends on the job, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think in tech, less so. I think, I think if you're applying to be a nurse, you better see some nursing no, yeah, education, sure. right? I mean, right. So what we're, ta- we're specifically talking about, that, but I just kind of want to put that little caveat out there. Yeah, I want um, my doctor to think have
0: a doctorate, <laughs> you ex- know?
1: Yeah, right. Like, you know, and do you know what they call, what do they say? You know what they call a doctor who graduated? Do you know what they call a med student who graduated last in their class? Doctor. So it does, you know, as long as you've got Dang. the doctorate, right? Exactly.
0: Um, That's terrifying. I
1: don't think it's, No, exactly. I don't think it's as important that in a lot of respects that that there is um, a college degree on there. However, if you have a college degree and you're proud of it, absolutely include it on your resume or your CV. Um, It can only give you a boost up. Um, If people are looking for those kinds of things. However, if you are worried about age discrimination, you don't have to put the year that you went to college. And And let's acknowledge that some people go to college later in life, right? So like if I had gone to college in my 40s, and I put that I got, you know, my MBA, in 2017, you're gonna automatically. i assume I'm younger than I am anyway. As opposed to I put my high or my high school, my college graduation at 1991, and you're like, damn, she's old. <laughs> <laughs> So you you can put that you can put your college degrees without putting the year that you graduated. It's not necessary information. And it can actually be used against you if somebody is age discriminant. So be cautious of the information that you include. If you have questions, you can DM me, you can DM us on our, our Twitter account, you can, you know, contact us through our website or through Slack, whatever always happy to give my um, my two cents worth and help people out if they have a question about what to include or not include. And from the hiring perspective, if you have questions about what things you should or shouldn't ask or how you can ask certain questions, I'm always happy to help with that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that last one you, you talked about reminds me so much. of I was recently helping my mom um, get her resume up to date. My mom is, mm-hmm. say, I think, a couple years older than you. Um, mm-hmm. And she was very self-conscious because she when she was in college, worked with the Alvin Ailey Dance Company, which is like one of the most famous historic black dance companies in the world. And it's it's yeah. an incredible piece of her professional education. And she didn't want to include it because she was like, people are going to think that I'm old because she had the date on there and everything of the, the tour she was on. And I was like, I think you should put like we talked about the benefits of like, do you want to age yourself or do you want to show this amazing thing that Mm -hmm. makes you an amazing hire right it was a very I think at the the end she did agree to leave it but I think she took the dates off and so we compromised Mm -hmm. in that way but like we were very worried of like will people see that as a red flag or a green flag because it could put it could be both depending on who's looking at it
1: yep exactly and you just have to be careful so include what you want Uh, you know we can have a whole we can have a whole Topic one time about resume and how to deal with gaps in your employment things mm. like that. Where, but basically today, I just kind of want to cover some of those red flags, do it do's and don'ts, and um, kind of just put that out there.
0: So, absolutely. Alrighty, yeah. thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much out we'll there in podcast land for listening. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by the following companies: WP Wallet. WP Wallet is a free, simple, intelligent tool that helps WordPress professionals effortlessly manage all of their license keys and invoices for all sites and clients. Never forget a renewal, lose a license key, or miss out on a reimbursement again. Join WP Wallet for free today. LearnDash. LearnDash is taking cutting edge e-learning methodology and infusing it into WordPress. More than just a plugin, LearnDash is trusted to power the learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, entrepreneurs, and bloggers worldwide. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week!